Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. You know, one guy has said for the last 10 years or so that the Rays are headed out of town. They're leaving. It's not a bluff. Nostra Thomas, Tom Jones, our former columnist of the Tampa Bay Times, now with the Pointer Institute, will be here in just a minute. To talk about the Rays' plan to split their season in Montreal, the Lightning's free agent pickups, and one good thing he can say about the Bucks as they're getting ever so closer to the start of training camp. We've got Tom Jones, all that and more on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Hey, you know, it's scalloping season. If that's on your bucket list, well, you can do it with Captain Mike swimming with the manatees up there in Crystal River. The season uh, runs through September 24th in Citrus County, and this is the ultimate family bonding experience. Book your scallop tours now, and if you wish to adventure on your own, you can have a party larger than six. You'll find a great selection of eight-passenger pontoon boats available for rent during scallop season. Now, with a rental, you'll get a GPS, a dive flag, an anchor, all the acquired safety equipment, and a detailed map for your convenience. The rental does not include saltwater fishing license, so book online now and get ready for some scalloping fun. Book online at swimmingwiththemanatees.com, or you can call 352-571-1888. All right, Tom Jones joins us now from the Pointer Institute, uh, part of our Pointer counterpoint -er, uh, segment. All right, I'm going to give you this, Nostra Thomas, on this one. You've made a lot of predictions during your time as a columnist with the Tampa Bay Times, uh, and I will say, I will bow to your greatness, um, and it hasn't happened yet, but it certainly looks like it's headed that way. You have maintained for some years now um, with the attendance, with the stadium, with all the things that were facing the Rays that you believed that the you have predicted, in fact, that the Rays were leaving, and I have to get your reaction. We haven't talked since Stuart Sternberg had that press conference at the Dolly Museum about this plan to play half the season in Tampa Bay, half the season in Montreal. First of all, what was your reaction to just that whole scene, the way that thing played out and, and, and sort of how it all materialized unexpectedly, I think, uh, right in the middle of a, of a pretty good race season? Yeah, you know what, Rick? It's it's always struck me that everything that the Rays have been doing throughout this entire process, and you can go back and we can we can recount all the moments where – Okay, things weren't working out the Trump, so they tried to build a stadium in downtown St. Pete at Al Lang, at the Al Lang site. That mm-hmm. sort of got shut down rather quickly. Then they tried to go to Hillsborough County. They've talked about that for a couple of years, and then, of course, really one intense year where they actually handed out renderings and a little souvenir baseball. Then that fell apart, and now they're doing this thing. To me, this all feels like, Rick, one big setup for at the end of all this that Stu Sternberg can say, well, I tried in downtown St. Pete. They said no. I tried in Tampa. They said no. I tried splitting games with them. They said no. I can't get anybody to build me a stadium anywhere around here, so I'm picking up and leaving. I know that the Rays, I ran into a Rays executive the other night. They believe this is They believe this is a real thing. They, they believe this is a not, not a bluff. They believe actually believe that this could work. I don't think it can. I don't think a stadium will ever get built here. Rick, I hope I'm wrong about this, but I've said all along that they're leaving, and I think they, all this is is laying the groundwork 
for them to leave. When you say leaving, I mean, it would seem that they've looked hard at Montreal, though they haven't really gotten permission to do so, uh, formally anyway, uh, with the lease they have in St. Petersburg. Do Are we certain that it's Montreal that they're eyeballing? Because he has said that he has discounted that notion for uh, many times over, although we know Montreal is seeking at least an expansion franchise would take the race, probably even on a part-time basis. But could it just be that, that you know, he makes his, his case here, if they won't go for this, then – he could choose another city, or do you think it is Montreal that he's eyeballing? I mean, it seems like Montreal's a leader in the clubhouse, but I, I think anybody that comes up, anybody that steps up, if at the end of all of this, I mean, mm -hmm. right now the plan on the table is we're going to split with Montreal. Right. And at the end of all of that, if that doesn't come to fruition for whatever reason, and I think the reason's going to be they can't find anybody to build them a stadium for 35 games a year or whatever it's going to be, with no playoff, by the way, in St. Peter, Tampa, then – uh, then at that point, the whole deal falls through. And then I think it opens it back up for anybody who wants to jump back in, whether it's, you know, Nashville or Las Vegas or Montreal or, you know, wherever, whatever other city out there might be interested in a team. You know, Rick, I, I, I keep going over this whole thing. And I, I just, I never got the sense. And you and I did shows on this when we did radio together. We've been talking about this for 10 years now. Is, is this a baseball market? Is this a baseball town? So you're asking me where they're going to go. I don't know where they're going to go, but I tell you where I, they're not going to end up, and that's here. I just, I don't, I don't care where you put that stadium, Rick. I don't think it's going to work. I don't care. Maybe it works a little bit better in Ebor. Maybe it works a little bit better if you put it at the fairgrounds or, you know, somewhere Derby Lane area, whatever. But I just, I don't think it's going to make much of a difference where all of a sudden you're going to go from averaging whatever they're, you know, now whatever it is, fourteen thousand or whatever, to suddenly twenty-four thousand. That's a significant jump. You're talking about, you know, a 50% jump. I just don't think that happens anywhere around here. I mean, what you, you talked about this last week. I'm sure you've talked to Topkin about this. Doesn't this feel like there's nothing about this plan that sounds like that sounds good to me, although I don't blame the Rays for trying it. Yeah, I don't think fans are going to embrace this for sure. I think the first reaction is, well, you know, just let them go then. You know, if they don't want to be here, you know, kind of like, you're breaking up with me. I, you know, I'm not going to let you go, you know, cheat with somebody else while we're still together. That kind of thing. I mean, it, there's a lot of emotion. And, and yet, you know, for years and years, Tom, we heard it's stadium location, you know. And I, right. I think that the Rays have tried to have it both ways. You know, the worst thing, and I've said this many times on this podcast, I think the worst thing that Stuart Sternberg did for Tampa Bay when he made this announcement was say that he has told Major League Baseball, and apparently they've agreed with him at least to the extent to allow him to explore this, that Tampa Bay can no longer, cannot, will not support baseball for more than 41 games a year. Mm -hmm. That's maybe the most damning thing that, that any franchise owner has said about this area. Right. No, I agree 100% with you. I mean, I, I think they're fully – this isn't – again, this isn't a power play to, hey, you better build us a stadium – somewhere around here so we can play an entire season here. I honestly don't think they – or they do believe that they honestly can't fill us a stadium for 41 nights – or 81 nights a year. Um, and to use that analogy, Rick, and I, I, I agree with you. I've heard that analogy, like, from fans where they said, how would you like it if, if your girlfriend yeah. came to you and said that she wants to spend half her year with somebody else? You know right. why she wants to spend half the year with somebody else? Because you're a lousy boyfriend. Because you haven't done anything to prove that you deserve her year-round. You know, She wants yeah. to go to somebody who's going to treat her better because you haven't treated her well. And I, I don't get this. I do get it, Rick, but I don't get it. This people killing, just absolutely killing Stuart Sternberg here and finding him greedy and finding him that he's, he's some sort of 
you know, traitor to the area. I don't know what he's supposed to do, Rick. I when you ask me what, like, give me like the re, the 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 list definition of, things an owner of a good owner. Is supposed to do. the number one thing an owner is supposed to do is yeah. give me a good product. Like, give me yeah. something to go see. Now, either that doesn't have to be competitive every year, but at least show me that you're building to being competitive. Well, I think we can all agree that. Since 2008, this team, this franchise is, has been pretty competitive in the grand scheme of things. They've been a pretty good, it's been a pretty good product. Why, what in, in any of the history that we've seen here in the last 10, 15 years gives us any reason to think that if you're Stuart Sternberg, that I should build a stadium, even, even split it with you for $500 million, that it's going to work? Why would I put a dime into this thing when no one around here has shown any little inkling that this is going to work long term. Well, but it's a chicken and the egg thing, Tom. I would argue this that you're right. I think the owner's responsibility is to put on a good product, and they've obviously, com- you know, competing in the American League East where they're outspent three to one. That's that is also an owner's choice as to how much he spends on payroll, and of course, he's looking at the low attendance and the lack of revenue and all those things in his stadium. Um, but by the same token, you know, Sternberg has never given a concrete number as to what his commitment for a said stadium would be. And, and I'm sorry, but we're well past the year, I think, where municipalities just say, you know what, the hell with schools and police and fire and all the needs of the public, you know, good. Let's go all in and spend $900 million on a, on a sports stadium. You just mm-hmm. don't see that. You see private partnerships, uh, you know, with developers who, who want to raise the property values of their land, that want to develop areas in the community, that sort of thing. Um, but you do see owners, you know, uh, committing at least some, you know, some stated number that we've never gotten from Stuart Sternberg. So That's if he true. was truly, if he was truly committed to Tampa Bay, and up until this press conference, all he ever said was, "I want to make it work here. I want to make. I think. I think baseball can work here. I think I'm committed to Tampa Bay." And now all of a sudden, it's like, "Yeah, I'm committed to him, but only one until the weather turns hot, and then I'm going someplace where it's nicer." You know, you talk about yeah. fair weather fans. How about a fair weather owner? <laughs> well, here's what I would say. Let, let, let's say that. Let's say that all the owners, you took away all their teams, okay? And, and say, let's say you put a stadium in Tampa you know, at, at, at whatever location you want to pick and, and make it a okay. brand-new stadium, you know, a retractable roof, whatever. You yeah. put that in Tampa, okay? And then, you, like I said, you took away all the teams from all the owners and you had a draft, Yeah. okay? And you're the first pick in the draft. Which team do you want to take? Now, of course, obviously, you, people are, the first picks are going to go are going to be. I'll take the Yankees. The Yankees and the and the Mets and the Red Sox and the Dodgers and the Cubs and all that. In some ways, Tampa has taken the Yankees well, for the exactly. spring. I mean, really, they're going to have the Yankees for as long as they would have the Rays, and so it's really just an extra couple of games when you think about it. But at the, but at what point do you think the Rays would be drafted as as a as a city, oh look as they're a they're going to be moment? they're going to be twenty seventh twenty eighth. Absolutely. Right. Just now the be, argument but, would be make that hey, well, there were the what out of what what eleventh TV 11th, market, 11th yeah, TV market. So that might be something, right? From Maybe, the revenue but I, standpoint. honestly, this this react this feeling that well, if you put the team in Tampa, everything changes. No, it, I just don't think it does. And this attitude that a lot of people around here, including some of the TV media, who I, I think they're listening to Hillsborough County people making it sound like well, if we just put this thing in Tampa, everything's taken care of, and that's why Stu should step up and pay you know, whatever, 50% of the, of the stadium or whatever, that, as if that's going to solve all the problems. Rick, I think they're living in dreamlands, and I think that's, you know, I just don't think that's realistic. I don't, I don't see a team 
surviving here 81 games a year no matter where the stadium is well and but the biggest reason is i don't think it's the you know here's the thing tom and we know this okay people love the rays they have increased television ratings they're just not spending money on them okay so when you talk about baseball it's really about corporate support right that's exactly wouldn't there be right. potentially more corporate support in in closer closer to tampa again we don't have boeing we don't even have can can you know canadian air we don't have a lot of things at some of these other cities. I mean, what do you have? The Target uh, Center in, in, in Minneapolis? I mean, what? Yeah, Minneapolis for years, they had, you know, Target Center and the 3M and, you know, a lot of these places up north, they have they're, they're, these Big headquarters. corporations. Yeah. Like, but down here, I mean, we have some, it's all, it's, it's their tourism based. For the you know, most so part. Some restaurants, and, yeah. but. You're mm-hmm. not talking major money with like like you are like with Target or Walgreens or, or Walmart. But there are like there that. are profitable small. There's some small businesses. There are ways, um, you know, to 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 sell something that would be new in terms of sweets and things like that. I mean, all I know is that Tampa is one of the fastest growing areas in the country. All right, the entire nation, right? I mean, I live up here in Lutz. I'm here to tell you, and I know it's a long way from Tropicana Field. But if you go two miles north of me into Pasco County, you should see the building going on up there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's insane, okay? So I know how many people are moving here every day and will continue to do so um, for not just the taxes but the sunshine and everything else. Sure. So it's hard for me to think that baseball wants to lose this market for Montreal, Canada, where they had a team and had to take over. And for the same reasons, it was a dome stadium. Nobody went 17000 a year, played in Puerto Rico for a while. I mean, how is this a good idea for baseball? I'm with you. I think that baseball is willing to give the Rays an opportunity to try this simply because it, it, it may be a way to keep part of the Tampa Bay market instead of abandoning it entirely. And they probably don't thoroughly trust Montreal um, any more than they do Tampa to support a team for 82 games a year. I mean, it's not it, if you sort of take the Rays at their word and say, look, we've tried. We're the ones that started the shift. We're the ones that started this thing with openers to start uh to start oh, yeah. baseball games so this is a unique out-of-the-box idea that nobody else has really tried before sure other than montreal and puerto rico tried it for a little bit uh out of again that was an act of desperation as well but there was you know th- if if you take them at their word that hey we're going to try something different maybe we look back at 10 years from now and say wow what a brilliant move um if i'm a player i'm not sure i like this idea you know i i don't no. know because I'm no. living I – mean, look, most players don't live here year-round anyway. I mean, you're talking about – But their I kids mean, go to school do, but, someplace, don't they? Well, I mean, well, what happens – I know it's is, over in June, and then you say, well, okay, once school's over. But, right. I mean, what, but you what have happens – But school Texas starts in August. Or California or Latin America who spend a part of their year there. Then oh, they sure. come here. Then they're going to ask them to move to Montreal. Now, I'll say this. A guy's going to play wherever he gets paid to play and, and gets a chance to play. So, yeah. you know, maybe it won't be that bad, but – but I mean, free agents but, might have a different, you know. They could if, you, if it's all things are equal. If I get a chance to either go play for Tampa Bay, Montreal, or go play for. In one city. Miami. Yeah. I, I might just go ahead and pick Miami, you know. So, um, I don't know, Rick. I, I, I'd like to see it work. I think it's the only chance we have. I don't ever see a scenario where a raised team plays 162 games and 80, 80 what of them are in Tampa Bay. I just don't think that'll happen. This is, I think, our last chance. And I know people are hurt. I know people are very emotional about this. I know people, you know, are mad at Stu and they're mad at the Rays and they they feel like they're being betrayed. I get all that, but you need to get over it to the point where if you want to keep this team, half a half a team is better than no team at all. What does it say to you? Because we've always talked about location of the stadium, right? No one's going to the games, right. et cetera. 
What does it say to you when you have $5 or $2 tickets, you can sell the damn place out and no one seems to mind driving on that bridge and waiting in traffic? Wow. There you go. I mean, that, that was an interesting experiment where I know that what Tuesday night they're playing a, um, or it was Monday night, right? They're, they played Baltimore and they mm -hmm. had what, a little over 20 something? 20,000. Yeah, they sold 000. out. They sold out 10,000 tickets at $2 each. They have that for the three games against the Baltimore Orioles, and all 30,000 of them were sold. And within a few days. My guess, Rick, and I don't know if this is true or not, my guess is that the bulk of those tickets came from people who live in St. Pete. Uh, and I don't know what, or Clearwater or Pinellas County. I don't know why I think that. I got no proof behind it. I haven't talked to anybody about it. My guess is that people saw the the, the uh, chance to, you know, it, it was written in the paper, it was all over the media, and people say, yeah, okay, you know what, two bucks, I'll get on there for two yeah, bucks. There's a lot of traffic on the interstate, though, there heading was. from Tampa. There, well, here's the thing. Somebody, I think it was Kevin O'Donnell from Channel 13, who tweeted out, oh, look at the traffic going to, from right. Hillsborough to, I guarantee you, if I drove, drove across the bridge, if Kevin O'Donnell kept on driving and took a photo on the other side of the bridge, I guarantee there'd be just as much traffic heading into Hillsborough County. Well, That's you got a lightning games. What is that like? There, I, if I don't leave my house, now, I, there was, this was different. I was covering a team, so I wanted to be there a little bit before the game. If I didn't leave my house by 4.30, 4, 4.15, 4.30, then, then if, I left, if I left my house at, say, 4 o'clock, from Pinellas County, from downtown St. Pete, I would get to the to the arena probably before five o'clock. If I waited till five o'clock, it would take me till six forty-five. So I it's mean, the it, same it, thing. It's literally right. the same thing it either is. way. Right. So whichever direction you're going, there's traffic. And I and I'm telling you, you put that team and do I think now if you put an e-board, do I think you're going to have a chance to get more fans? Yes, obviously. I mean, I can do, you know, physics and geography. You, you draw a circle. You know, around 50 where miles lives. around yeah. and right. If it Tropicana Field, we've done this before. You mm -hmm. know, half the circle is fish, but right. if you and, and the more you move it inland, the better chance you have. But still, it's not going to eliminate traffic. It's not going to eliminate the issues that people have. I don't understand this whole thing, Rick. You've lived in both. You've lived in Pinellas County. Yep. You grew up here, uh, and you've lived in Hillsborough County. Mm -hmm. And this whole thing of well, people from Hillsborough don't want to drive. They don't have a problem with people in Pinellas driving over to Hillsborough. Never. We did. go to Lightning games. We go to Bucks games. Never did. But nobody like it, it's the same thing coming back. I I get it. There are a lot of other issues. We have a horrible mass transit system in the Tampa Bay area. We have um, no mass transit. Well, the there isn't problem. right. Yeah. So people like in New York or Boston or Washington or what or you know we've all been to play. Even now Minnesota, you and I are in Minnesota, uh, where it's now they have a great train system in Minnesota. So, but traffic um, sucks everywhere. I don't it does. you know. Listen, I mean I I remember going you know to other stadiums and covering games, you know, just for football. And I know they hold more people, but I've, I've covered the Orioles in Baltimore, you know, uh, when I was following the Rays around one month. And, and it just – it's bad everywhere. You know, I think yeah. people think, oh, the traffic. Like, okay, show me what city you want to live in at 5 o'clock where there's not traffic. You're trying to get somewhere by 7. I mean, if you're going in or out of town, you know, people are working, people are commuting. That's – it's it's not unique to this area. I'm surprised. I mean, none of us like traffic. I think Tampa Bay was, I don't know, recently boated or polled as one of the, the worst traffic areas, and, and it's obvious when you have, you know, roughly two interstates in the entire area that you can travel north or south or east or west on. But, you know, that aside, I mean, that should not be the reason for not supporting a baseball team. It has to be bigger than that. And what I guess what my what my question to you would be. Um, 
when you give away tickets, essentially, or you charge yeah, two dollars right. or five dollars for them, does that say that it's more about the price of the game or more about the location of a stadium? Because the interest is there. I mean, I think there's a lot of ways to measure interest in the baseball team. To say it's not a baseball town or there's no interest in the Rays or there's not – no, they can't draw fans. Now, which right. is it? Is it the economics or is it location? I think the answer to that is yes. <laughs> I, mean, <it's, laughs> I think it's a little bit of both. I think you make well, a great sure point, it is. Rick. No, and, and uh, I think a lot of it too, Rick, is just it. there is a bit of a – there's a hassle to going to a game. And I don't care. And as you get older – and look, we're an older community. You know this – Given the option of like, hey, I can go to a game. Okay, that means I got to fight traffic. And I got to find a Absolutely. place to park, and I got to walk, and I got to pay right. money, mm-hmm. you know. And I got to get to my seat, and I'm sitting next to a bunch of annoying people. Yeah. <laughs> or I yeah. can stay at home and have the almost like a pretty Better good experience. experience. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching a game on TV. And here's the other thing: if I'm watching a game on TV and it's it's seven nine nothing to at the one end of in the, the second, fourth, yeah, I'm done. Yeah, I can bail. I can bail on the game. That's right. And I, so I just families, that- families are the ones that I, I would. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Assume gobbled up those tickets. Well, I, I, I would bet you're, you're right about that, Rick. Look, I'm fortunate enough that whenever I want to go to games, I can afford to go to games. And, I, and I, we, you and I have said this a million times, too. I'm not going to tell anybody how to spend their money. Even nope. if you have the money and don't want to spend it on baseball, that's perfectly your right. I'm not paying your bills. I'm not the one paying, giving you a paycheck every week. So you can do whatever you want with your money. But I'm just saying that I, there are a lot of people out there who can't afford it, who would love to go. And I, like I said, you're, you're fortunate. I'm fortunate. I can go to games and I, and I usually go to about, and I pay for them. I don't get tickets for free. Uh, I pay, I probably go 10 to 15 times a year and I can afford it. But there are a lot of people, Rick, if you took a family, you know, we've talked about this. You take, you take a family of four. Right. I mean, how, what's that going to run you at the end of the night? A couple hundred dollars? People, a couple hundred bucks. People I would don't have a, there are a lot of people don't have a couple hundred dollars, man. They just don't right. have it. Right. You know, so if $2 a ticket, you know, you're talking about a family of four. Now, all of a sudden, now you're in the game for less than 10 bucks. Yeah. And maybe a family of four on a night like that is, okay, I'm going to spend 50 bucks on everything. Okay, mm-hmm. now that's, that's a little more doable, you know. So. Um, Let me ask you one other thing because this came up when uh, I, I, got, I got two more questions on this. Well, yeah, yeah. One is if, and I know he says it's not for sale. Would people here be more inclined when I say people – government, I guess, commissioners, mayors, what have you, be more inclined to push some sort of, of public financing for somebody who owned a team that, that had a local stake and that, that either lived here. I know everybody mentions Jeffrey Vinnick, but whoever it was, I know, and, and that's just an example. And, yeah, you know, no, that's a good example, bought, actually. You just brought $108 million, you know. No, but that's a, no, that's a good example because you're let's, talking let's about say, an, for an example, owner who's very well-liked, who has local yeah. ties and is very well-liked. Right. Would they be more inclined? Because that's usually the next thing that happens is you get this this sort of cry of, um, you know, why didn't you just sell the team to somebody locally? That's assuming somebody could buy it. 
Well, but I do you, think, do you think something to that? I mean, yeah, I do think there's something to. I think people. I think it's all perception, Rick. There's a. You and I have talked about this before. A lot of people don't like the Glazers. Like mm. most Bucks fans, I would say, don't like the Glazers, and they they have a variety of reasons for it. I think there's just a general dislike of the guys because the franchise hasn't been very good, and I think that's the other thing. As much as we can praise the Rays for being successful, they haven't won a World Series. They haven't won a championship. Jeffrey Vinnick gets a little bit more of a pass because that franchise has been really good over mm-hmm. the last ten years, and he lives here. That's their thing. He lives here full time now, and he's sort of made and he's invested as a, as a guy that's developing parts of the city. That's right. And, yeah, that's right. Which so he's one of at, us, right? Whereas we look at the Glazers, right? It's their money. Do what you want, but where's their biggest investment since they bought the Bucks? It's across the Atlantic Ocean. So, for these, for I think for local people, uh, yeah, they would embrace somebody, a new owner who was local. But here's the thing, Rick. And I have no, I, as, as much as I have covered the Lightning over the years, and I, I know Jeff Finnick a little bit, I've never talked to him about this, but I've heard, you know, through the years, he has no interest in this franchise, none whatsoever. I mean, they're not for sale. So, I yeah. mean, he's may, he may be on, you know, it's a sort of but a he's probably asked a lot. code, yeah. an owner's code. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he stayed mm-hmm. out of it. But there, he has never shown any indication that he has any interest in anything to do with the race. And I think there's a reason for that. And I think that should tell us a lot. Let me ask you this. Baseball moves out of here. How much worse off are we? Because let's say you're the Buccaneers and you have a 20-year-old stadium. And in a couple of years, they decide, you know what? We're having trouble drawing fans too. Maybe the Rays were right. <clears throat> or maybe it's just too damn hot and we need a roof on a new ballpark. That's coming either way, don't you think? <laughs> well, I'm Whether they to... stay or not. Trying to lay the groundwork here for you, Tommy. <laughs> no, no <laughs> I mean, you this, cover that. Does, does the Rays, do the Rays leaving help or hurt what could come next down the road? Or does this hasten the next franchise to say, yeah, me too. You know what, damn it? You guys better support us or we're out of here as well. It's called leverage. There is no good thing that can ever come out of a team leaving here. I mean, you could look at yourself in the mirror and, and say, okay, we didn't give in to those jerks and we didn't, you know, put all our money you know, in, in local government, and we put our money in schools, and we put our money in police. But at the end of the day, if that team leaves, that does that just sends a horrible message. I think uh, community is worse. First off, you're never getting a team again. You'll never get a baseball team back if you lose. Well, that Montreal team. is. Well, yeah, maybe a half a team. Well, then maybe Washington a did. Washington did after what fifty years? <laughs> it I mean, took a while. It yeah, it takes a while. Not in our life. Let's put it this way: not in our life. Okay. They're never coming back here in our lifetimes. But I think it's nothing. But it just it just sends a bad message to everybody. And all of a sudden, I it's not only the perception in town; it's the perception of out of town. If you ask anybody, and Rick, you talk to people from out of town, like what they think of the Tampa Bay market, it's a joke as far as baseball goes. Nobody thinks that baseball works here. They come. People come in for the weekend from uh, Kansas City or or Toronto or from Southern California, and they see the, these crowds. They like can't understand a, why a good, a, a good baseball team doesn't draw any fans. Yeah, exactly. I went to. They played the Dodgers earlier this year. I went a night that Clayton Kershaw was here. There was nobody in the stands. Nobody was here. Mm-hmm. The only time, and obviously, we, like Yankees are in town or Red Sox in town. Sure, it's it's those teams draw because it's the other the other teams' fans. But and that's part uh, of the problem. But I'm telling you, Rick, you you tell me right now. First off, the, that's I'm waiting for that. You're, I'm waiting for you. I'm going to pick up the paper. I'm going to pick up the Tampa Bay Times. Seriously. Just write it now. And it's going to be a byline. You could start working on that by Rick Straub, and it's going to say glaze. And in the first sentence, it's going to talk about some sort of threat and a new stadium and how this stadium's you know too old to, to – uh, 
you know, to, to support a football team. And if they want to, if we want to be a real team and we want to have a Super Bowls here again and we want to do a blah, 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 sure. we need a new stadium. It's kind well, of Well, I mean, we've seen the expiration date come up, whether it's the Rangers in, in Arlington um, or it's the Atlanta Falcons who, you know, tore down the Georgia Dome, was 20 years old, Tom. I say, I've been to that baseball stadium in Texas. It's gorgeous. It is. <laughs> and it's, it's hot it's as like, hell. But yeah, it's nice. It is. Yeah, it is hot as hell. But. I don't know. It's uh, I think and it, there's I can't paint any scenario that if the Rays were to leave, it's that it's good for everybody else. I remember talking about to the Lightning one time about this about uh, somebody was going. I think it was the Rays. I think it was when the Rays were going on their World Series run, and I asked, "Is this? Do the other teams in town? Do you like it or dislike it when the other team does well? In other words, is it bad for business if one of the other teams is really good?" And the Lightning's attitude was, no, it gives everybody a positive outlook on sports in town. There's a pride that takes place. So the, the Lightning and the, Ray, and the Bucks, that is, actually benefit from when the Rays are really good because it makes people feel – Sure. Because, look, everybody who's a Rays fan, they're probably a Bucks fan, and they're probably right. a Lightning fan. Too, That's right. You know. It generates interest in sports in Absolutely. general. And, and it, it generates interest for you and me, who used to be – or for me, it used to be – in the sports business, it makes people that that's the funny thing. Like Rick, you and I talk about this all the time too, that, that it's good for business. People you say, Oh, it's good for business when the bucks do bad. So you can rip them. I, and you know, this for a fact, Rick, in the history of, of the bucks, whenever they do well on Sundays, the Tampa Bay times actually sells more papers on Mondays. Oh, sure. When they they do, do well than when yeah. they do poorly because well. people don't want to read about it when they're doing poorly. They yeah. want to read about it when the team does well. No so. question. Yeah, I go back to 2002, and they won the Super Bowl, and we had, we were printing afternoon editions of uh, of that paper because there were so many that sold out. So, yeah, everybody wants their team to win. I can tell you team. guys on radio, you may get more callers when the Bucks lose or the Rays lose. You get more yeah. ratings when they win. Is that I right? I believe that. You I have, believe that 100%. When teams are winning, you get more listeners. Interesting. Right, because yeah. look, if I'm a if I'm a, say I'm a Tampa Bay Bucks fan and they they go out and they they're you know two and seven or whatever and they blow a game, yeah, I might listen for a minute or two just to hear people getting pissed off, but at the end of the day, it's like I don't want to listen. To, I yeah. like this team, and all of a sudden I'm going to listen to how bad they are. Forget that. I'm you know, yeah, I'm going to listen to music. So. That's misery. Okay, so one team that <clears throat> won a lot of games but did nothing in the playoffs, of course, the Tampa Bay Lightning. So you got Julian Brisebois now as the general manager. What is he doing here in free agency? His first uh, one of his first signings was a goaltender. I mean, I understand the economics of that. They also brought in a guy to uh, maybe get them some dirty goals. They didn't sign him, but get some dirty goals in front of the net. Are there any tells that you can uh, you can gain from what uh, what they've started to do there? You no, know, I Brisbane? thought John Romano had a pretty good column in the Tampa Bay Times on Tuesday where he talked about just what it said that they were going after a guy like Joe Pavelski from San Jose, a guy who's yeah he's a, he's a big time goal scorer, but he's a, he's not like a pretty goal scorer. He's a gritty goal scorer. I think yeah you know that there maybe there is a bit of a question of like just how gritty were they, and would that have anything to do with them um, getting knocked out in four games during the playoffs? Um, or leadership, also, maybe some some leadership yeah, issues there. Absolutely, absolutely, some leadership issues as well. You know, because you're they're losing Ryan Callahan, right? They lose Anton Stroman. That's a big loss. I'm telling you, I'm a big Anton Stroman fan. Now, I don't blame them. I don't blame the Lightning. Five he and was, a half million, Tom. Yeah, that's a lot of money. You know, he was I I, I at that age, mm -hmm. um, but he's a he's a good, solid, dependable, veteran type player, and I think they'll miss his his leadership in the locker room, but. Overall, I think 
you know, I was watching ESPN and they had a couple of hockey people on there that I really respect, a couple of their writers, and they asked to give their power rankings as of last night. Yeah. Both of them had the Lightning as number one. They're still the overwhelming favorite next year to win the Stanley they Cup. They are, yep. But they have some issues, Rick, and I think this goaltending thing is interesting to go out and get a guy like uh, McElhaney where – I, I think that signals Louis Domingue's probably going to be traded. Um, sure, and it's because they figure they can't afford him after you know after next year anyway. Um, right, and he's also one of those guys. That, uh, he's a good guy. I don't know him that well. I've covered him a little bit. Um, at some point, he's going to want to play a lot yeah. more than he is. He probably deserves to. I mean, he took over for Vasilevsky last year and played a really good chunk of, of, of the season and yeah. did really well. You know, so. Whether he, I'm, I'm sure he's a good teammate and a good backup, but there comes a point where even a, a guy who tries to put on a brave face, at some point, just is going to send out the vibe of, I don't, I don't like sitting anymore. I want to play, you know. So, mm-hmm. um, so he, I think that'll eventually happen. You know what I'm worried about more than anything else, Rick? If I'm a Lightning fan, what concerns me more than anything is the health of Victor Hedman moving forward, and I think that's something that they, they need to be concerned about. I know that at the end of the year, we're not, we're not a hundred percent sure. We're assuming it was a concussion issue. Mm. He's had a bit of a history of him. He's been in the league a long time now. He's been, what, more than 10 years, mm. played a lot of playoff games, a lot of wear and tear. Now he's still playing at a very high level. Yeah. But I worry about his long-term health, and that's if there's if there's anything that concerns me. Up front, it's cool that they went after uh, you know Joe Pavelski. They didn't get him, but I think they're going to be up there fine up front. And I think they're, uh, Julian Breezeball is trying to, to bring in some veteran. I heard Brian Boyle suddenly on the market now looking for a new city. I don't know if he'd be a good fit in mm. Tampa Bay. But I just worry a little bit about their defense. Um, I know they've, they've added some young guys the past couple of years. Sergachev and Chernax turned out to be a nice player. Um, but, and Cal Foote eventually is going to get here. But, you know, I, they, an elite defenseman like, uh, like Victor Hedman, that, that would be my big concern moving forward. Yeah, it would seem that, that that maybe defense might be more more needed than offense, and and Hedman was such such a big part of that team and did so many things that um, that yeah you got you got to wonder about him. Okay, so uh, we got training camp starting in just about 19 days. My life will be ending soon. Um, I'm just curious. I'm gonna ask you one question. You don't have to expand on this. If you two don't and want fourteen. To. Oh, is that it? Sorry. No, that wasn't a question. <laughs> but it's a good answer. I don't, um, th- I don't think it's gonna be that bad. I, I think it'll be a little better than that. Uh, let's say this. What's the best thing you can say right now about the Bucks? What, what? Be the most optimistic. Uh, instead of a downing Thomas, be a positive Thomas, and tell me, tell me one thing you think you know that the Bucks can do well. Oh man, that's a really good question. Um, Thank you. you. You know what, Rick? I think the thing that they, I think the thing they can do is they can move the football through the air. Now, yeah, it doesn't right. mean they don't turn the football over a ton. They do. Yeah. Yep. And it doesn't mean that Jameis Winston uh, is, is good where he is. He needs to get a lot better. Yeah. But if, if, I, were, if I were banking on hope, if right. I were looking at potential, right. I would say in a league that has suddenly become pass happy, right. it's all about offense, it's all about throwing for 400 yards a game and scoring yeah. 30 points, I think I have an offense that can do that. I agree with you. That's where I feel like – now, again, like I said, James is going to have to get way better. But if there's – there are a lot of teams that have worse quarterbacks than Jameis Winston. I'm not sold on him. I still think he's a middle-of-the-pack quarterback. But I'm not, I'm not about to say that's the best he's ever going to be. It might be, 
But I still think he can get a little bit better. And if he does, I think they have a chance to, to move uh, the Well, and I think that's why Bruce Arians is here. I said it the other day. The one thing they can do is uh, Jameis Winston can throw the ball to Mike Evans. And yes. uh, presumably one day to O.J. Howard a lot and, and so on and so forth. So, Chris Godwin. I mean, he's, they, yeah. have, they have some nice targets for sure. Sure. So I think that I think that's kind of where it's at, and everything else is going to have to stem from around that. I don't know if they'll uh, if they'll have much success or not, but we're about to find out. Uh, before I let you go, uh, not a lot of great news in the world of newspapers, so we won't talk about that. But just as a note, I know you write about this in your newsletter at pointer.org. Uh, the Vindicator from uh, Youngstown, Ohio, the Times Picayune, both those newspapers now are a thing of the past or becoming a thing of the past. So that's not good for our business. Um, but in, and along that spirit, you had a decision to make the other day, and I'm curious as to which one you chose. The Post or James Franco cutting off his arm in 127 hours? Oh, you know which what? Did I you watch? Up, I, no, I ended up going with – so it was, I was finishing up my newsletter. It was right after the Democratic debates, night two of the Democratic debates. Right. And, and I, was, I needed background noise. It was about 1.30 in the morning. So my choices were The Post – James Franco cutting off his arm in 127, <laughs> and, 127 hours and the usual suspects. Oh, that was a and third I, one. Oh. I actually went usual suspects, even oh. though I know what I know. I found out who Kaiser Soze was, but I ended up going with uh, with that. I, I didn't want the, the arm cutting off. I thought that would disrupt me. And the post gets I get way too emotional during the post. So I thought usual suspects. I'd lay back. Let me say one thing, though, Rick, about the, and I know we don't want to spend a lot of time on it, but about this, the Vindicator closing down in Youngstown, Ohio. And I know there's probably a lot of people who listen to this podcast that are just like, like, it's basically a a cross-section of America. There are people who are very much supporters of Donald Trump and feel that the media is very unfair to him. And they do believe in this idea of fake news and enemy of the people and all that. And then there are people who, who, uh, who believe, um, just the opposite, and they feel like that Trump should be called out for some of the things he says and does. This has nothing to do with Trump, okay? The vindicator closing down and this whole thing of fake news and enemy of the people, th- this is a whole separate animal. And I think people need to realize that that some of the attacks, when you say something like you don't believe in the media, you don't believe in fake news, is to realize what's going to be missing by this newspaper in Youngstown, Ohio, closing down. The paper in Youngstown, Ohio, Rick, they don't cover Donald Trump. Okay, unless no, he comes really. to town, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. they don't and they write very, they might run wire stories on their front page. What they do do, though, is they go to school board meetings yep. and they go to city council meetings and they find out how's your money being spent that, you know, a million dollars was set aside to fix the roads in Youngstown and the roads aren't being fixed. And it turns out one That's of the right. local politicians is pocketing that money, you know, mm-hmm. Um School boards, you know, your kids aren't getting the lunches that they're serving in school are days the old. The buses aren't showing up. We the have that in Hillsborough are, County, yeah. Yeah, that's what papers like Youngstown do. So if you want to crap all over the media and you don't like the Jim Acostas of the world or the Maggie Habermans or, the, you know, these people who cover national politics, that's fine. I mean, that's I happen to think they do a really good job, but if you don't, then that's your, you know. But that's not what this is about, you know. So nobody right. should take any pleasure in watching a, a paper like um, the Vindicator go down. And I look at Rick, the Tampa Bay Times, you know, just some of the work. You know, a lot of people look at, at the Times and call it, oh, you guys are too left-wing for me. I don't read that. I'm like, there's nothing left-wing. There's nothing liberal about the work that Kat, Kat McGorry and, and Neil Betty did on Johns Hopkins, you know. And, and right. If you have a child who has surgery, had heart you know? surgery and they've left a needle in there and your yeah. child died, then what's political about that? Yeah, there's so this is not so w- when you see these stories, just hope you realize that that this yeah. is doing real, real damage, not just to, you know, you know, 
in terms of what you think about national politics, but it's doing real damage at a local level. And it hurts you and me, you know, and, and anybody who's listening to the podcast. All right, I'll get off line, my soapbox. Yeah, that's fine. A lot, I'm, I'm curious because you do this newsletter now. So is the political season, we're into the debates and all that, or, or uh, are you getting some more uh, interesting things to write about every day on Pointer.org? Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. And and what's getting really interesting is is writing about the Democratic debates. I mean, those the, the stories that I've written for the, about that have, have been some of the most read stories that I've done since I've gotten a pointer. And um, and again, I, I, if there's anything I've noticed, Rick, about all this is just how divided we are sure. as a country. I mean, I'm getting the emails that I get are, are all over the spectrum from uh, very left wing, very right wing, some people mm-hmm. in the middle, but it's mostly... Uh, it's, and I guess it's probably like, it's, it's almost like sports talk radio. It's almost like the race. Like nobody's like, oh, I, you know, nobody's. <laughs> they all have an opinion. Everybody's very short. Like get, get out of, get either leave <laughs> or right. I'm all for it, you know, but there's nobody in the middle. And that's the way it is with, with what I'm covering now. So. Uh, that's right. Well, you can still talk sports with Tom Jones. That's why we do it. And you can still read him on pointer.org. Uh, Tom, thanks so much for the time, man. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks fellas. Always good to talk to Tom, and I'm telling you, he was on this long before anybody else was talking about it, that the Rays are probably pulling up stakes. We'll see if he is right about it. Hopefully not. But tomorrow we're going to have Times College football writer Matt Baker. He's written a very interesting story on the financial problems with Florida State's athletic program and why Willie Taggart is not, he is not on the hot seat, no matter what you think. The Rays wrap up their series with the Orioles before the Yankees come to town on July 4th. So you'll have a Yankee doodle dandy of a series there. And folks, uh, scallop season uh, runs through September 24th in Citrus County. Uh, if you would like to do that, go contact our folks at uh, Captain Mike Swimming with the Manatees in Crystal River. You'll enjoy this. It's the ultimate family bonding experience. They got all the pontoon boat rentals that you need, and, and these boats come complete with GPS, dive flag, anchor, all the required safety equipment. All you need is to get your saltwater fishing license and you're on your way. Book online now. And get ready for some scalloping fun. Book online at swimmingwiththemanatees.com or you can call 352-571-1888. For Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody.